Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went to the chief priests in order to betray him to them. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. And he sought an opportunity to betray him. And on the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, Where will you have us go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? He sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Wherever he enters, say to the householder, The teacher says, Where is my guest room, where I am to eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready. There, prepare for us. The disciples set out and went to the city and found it as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover. The unnamed woman came into the house and poured the ointment, that expensive ointment, over the head of our Lord. Judas is angry. First of all, our Lord rebukes him for his greed. And then he's been denied what he wanted, the price of the ointment. And so for that, he goes, we are told, to the chief priest to betray him. I mentioned before, and notice how important it is, the Gospels so often refer to Judas, not just as Judas Iscariot, but always as one of the twelve, to speak of the intimacy that was there and should have remained the intimacy to to which he was called but rejected, one of the twelve. And they promised to give him money. It could be anything. You and I have a price probably to it, or at least to some extent. We often reflect upon that. What's my price? What will I deliver the Lord for? What what means so much more to me than, than he does? But then our Lord is going to eat the Passover. Notice, he doesn't tell all of the disciples He doesn't want Judas to interrupt the Eucharist. He sends two, and we are told by St. John's Gospel it was Peter and John. The rest don't know. They won't know until they get there. Judas knows where he will go afterwards, to Gethsemane. There he can bring the crowd, but he will not interrupt the Eucharist. You see, as always, our Lord is in control. Everyone else thinks they are, but only he is. Pilate thinks he is, chief priests, Herod, But only our Lord is really in control. So our Lord sends them. He says, and go and into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Only women carry jars of water. It's most unusual for a man to carry a jar of water, which suggests to us he belonged to um, a group uh, known as the Essenes, probably, to which John the Baptist may have also belonged, a group of celibates who served, especially in the desert, in sort of a, what we would call a monastic community. So this man is carrying a water jar. And it may be that it was to one of those homes that our Lord was taken. These people had set themselves aside for a rigorous ascetic life. And so our Lord then tells them to prepare the Passover, and they do. Uh, as I said, our Lord is always in control, as he is now with us here. He calls us uh, to follow him. He calls us to give up everything, to pour out that expensive ointment, no matter what it might cost, whatever that is that we have, and to give it to him. 
And once we do that, then what we give him comes back to us but with an ever greater beauty than we ever experienced before. We've seen that in our lives. It's something we want very much. If we give it up, and when we receive it back, if we do, there's a greater beauty because God has received it and given it back to us. So, whatever that might be, we come tonight to spend a few moments before the Lord, as they did at the Last Supper, just to listen to him. I've mentioned a number of times in my, ser- my sermons the practice of the presence of God. We don't have to do anything. We can. We can say all the prayers you want to. But we can just be in the presence of God, just to sit with him and to be there. That's all we really have to do. And sometimes that's all we really can do.